Wings for the game. Boom. Cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom. Cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. Howdy, everyone. Arthur Staple here. You're listening to the Garden Faithful, your Rangers podcast from The Athletic. Joined, as always, by my immortal co-host, Steve Valaket. Steve, <laughs> you've been busy on, on the on the TV box the last few games with uh, three games in the last, whatever it is, five days. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just looking at my desk this morning, and I've got a completely chaotic uh, desk full of paper here and, and just notes everywhere scattered. feels like we're right in the thick of the season now, doesn't it? It does. It does. And scattered, I think, is a good way to describe the last three since we recorded when they <laughs> gone two and one, um, which is fine. Last night, uh, Rangers-Columbus, uh, kind of a dreadful, I mean, just like a full one-sided, you know, for 40-some-odd minutes, it was just you know the the shot differential was ridiculous and very reflective of the game. Columbus looked like they're in full tank for Bedard mode, and um, which is kind of embarrassing to be doing, and it's still January. But Rangers <laughs> took full advantage, so good for them because the night before uh, they were playing another team that's probably headed towards the bottom of the standings. Is already pretty close in the Canadians and couldn't get a lot done and looked really uh, out of it and tried to rally late, didn't get it done. But then we rewind back, and I think we'll start with the game on Thursday, which was, you know, if you wa- we were watching it, and for 59 minutes and about 50 seconds, uh, you were just watching a team in the Dallas Stars play an ideal mid-2000s defensive system where they pack the middle, <laughs> they've got some big, heavy boys up front and on the back who just move guys out of the way. they got a goalie in Jake Ottinger who's playing well. It looked like it looked like the Rangers were playing paddle ball. They just like would send the puck in and it would hit the big the the brick wall and just bounce right back and they said, All right, we're gonna go do it again. And that about seventy times later, with with a six on five, Keandre Miller, um, in an incredibly fortuitous and chaotic sequence, ties it inside of a second to go. Adam Fox wins it in overtime. Garden goes crazy. 
a uh, lot of emotions, I think, in the room and in the building and probably at the desk with uh, with you in the studio there on Thursday night. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with it, Arthur. We were we were dying, like dying, laughing, crying, just uh, jubilant. We were giddy. We were giddy. I think that would be the best choice yeah. of words to use to describe what it was like for us. But Hank and I, immediately afterwards, we looked at each other and we were like, wouldn't it be awesome to be in the room right now? Like that's... <laughs> That's what you miss. You know, I miss two things about not playing anymore. It's my pregame nap and not being <laughs> in the room after a big win like that. Boys would have been going nuts. And uh, it was definitely a green light for the players, too, uh, being able to go out after a game like that with uh, two days between games. But I liked that game a lot, Arthur. I liked it a lot because the Rangers had 10 high danger chances in the game. And Jake Ottinger was the story of the game. And... He's a top five goalie in the league right now, and a lot of folks might not be too familiar with him, but he's been playing like that for quite a while. And if you can remember what he did last year, almost single-handedly beating the Calgary Flames, yeah, uh, he was outstanding. So he's one of my favorite goalies to watch actually right now because he's almost got like the same technical base as a UC Saros, but he's got a bigger frame. And I coach a few young goalies that look a little bit like him and we use a lot of his video to, to just learn from he's he's that good so with pumping up ottinger i thought the rangers arthur what they did in that game was that they had a back pocket excuse that they could have used they could have used the we got absolutely goalied we outplayed them we had 10 great a's they had three somehow we lose and you know there's no explanation for it except for we outplayed them and their goalie stood on his head but that's what I love about the group right now. They didn't do that. They could have used that excuse and they chose not to. Uh, they find a way and that's what they've done. They've got 11 come from behind victories now this year and that's fourth best in the NHL. So we're starting to see that same theme that we saw from them last season. And within that goal, you know, we've talked about him plenty. Keandre Miller seems to only score goals that either tie a game or give the team the lead. And this one is the ultimate tying goal in the before the green light came on with whatever 0.9 or 0.6. It was kind of hazy as to what they reset it to. I think it was 0.9. Um, but the fact of the matter is, uh, as I wrote after that game, there's a lot of things that go into getting a six on five goal. Not a ton of them have to do with high skill. You know, like they move the puck around really well, but it's, it's to at the end of a game, it's anything goes. I think that was best illustrated mm -hmm. by Ryan Suter tugging on Adam Fox's stick while Fox went to go play the puck with about six seconds left and just holding <laughs> on to it. He's like, I'm going to hold this stick until the horn goes off. So um, <laughs> so it was hilarious. And Fox was just like, he said to me, he's like, I was going to complain, but what are you going to do? Like, it's the end of the game. It's right. chaos. So, yeah. but Keandre Miller is out there in a six on five. Because Chris Kreider is not, is not in the lineup. That's the only reason. It would have been five forwards and Adam Fox otherwise. And good for Keandre for being that next guy up. But I think now you're starting to see, I think we've started to see a little bit more over the last couple of weeks, Gerard Gallant, not just placing his faith in Keandre Miller as the guy who plays the most five-on-five -five minutes. So you, you have him out there a lot at the end of games to protect a lead. But now when they need a goal, he goes to Miller and Fox as the defensive pair at five-on-five. And here he gets a shot six on five. And now a couple of games later, he's now moved into the the second power play unit as the alongside Jacob Truba. Maybe he's the guy that could play instead of Jacob Truba in in as we move forward. We're seeing, as we've talked about a lot, the it slow and steady 
not big leaps and bounds like Adam Fox, where he shows up fully prepared and fully realized. But Keandre Miller, uh, this is the, the way that he's been playing and the way that he's been adding to his repertoire these last couple of weeks is the reason that a lot of scouts say to me and a lot of people in the league say this guy's ceiling is as high as anybody's in the league when it comes to defensemen. Yeah, I don't disagree. You know what move I love that he does right now is when he skates with two hands as he's getting back to check if somebody gets a step on him, and then he takes a lot of momentum and torque and he lunges his stick to go stick on puck, and he and he's so clean at doing that. Yeah, you know he's so long and he's such a great skater that he defends so well. Uh, he's got thirty five. I saw this going into last last night's game. Thirty five takeaways this year in the NHL for him. That's sixth among all defensemen. Wow. So we're we're seeing the offensive stuff that we love to talk about and gets highlighted. I'm just as impressed with how well he gets back, how long he is, the range that he has, his skating ability just allows him to jump up in the play and add value and be able to get back. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. I, you know, I've said this before on television. I, I don't think I've talked about it here, but I remember from my perspective in the net, no matter what league I was playing in, I know the guys on my team that can score based on facing them every day in practice. And what used to drive me nuts, one of my biggest pet peeves, was seeing a defenseman that has no ability to get back if he gets up and no ability to score anyway because he's got the easiest shot to stop in practice. And in my head, I'm saying like, would you stop going? Like, you're terrible right now. You're going to kill us. And then they'd transition the other way. And sure enough, we'd have an odd man rush with a forward back. So that's always bothered, bothered me, but it never bothers me with Miller. I'm always saying in my in my head as the play is moving up ice for the Rangers, I'm like, just go, go. And when he goes, he makes something happen. Uh, you know what else too, Arthur? He didn't look great in the game-winning goal against Montreal. No. Right? Because he he missed the play up the ice and then he, you know, fumbled just the puck in his yeah, own just zone. stepped over the puck, yep. I don't mind that for him. It's a great learning opportunity because he's playing with an abundance of confidence right now. And what a better time could you have as a coach to have the opportunity after Keandre has that play and just sit down with him quickly and be like, are, are we good after last night, Keandre? And this is, you know, you hope that this conversation takes place before the game last night and just say, look, what, what's the plan? You know, the time and the score of the game, I'd say against Montreal, wasn't the best time to jump there. So what was your plan? What were your steps? Let's talk about our habits. Let's work on that. You've got a career high in points. Going into last night, he's got a six-game point streak. And it's now a seven-game point streak. I mean, I think the uh, the learning for him is awesome. And I, it's clear that he's coachable. It's very clear that he's coachable because he was great last night coming off of a gaffe against Montreal. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. We're gonna, I was going to bring that up, that, that just that one shift, which ended up being a pivotal shift against the Canadians where, he, you know, he had missed the puck a couple of times and then just kind of whiffed yeah. behind the net. But no big deal, right? Because, you, you know, he comes back. Yeah. Turns around and has a good night the next night. Wings for the game, boom, cash back. New lucky jersey, boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a game-changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. 
Now, um, while we're staying with the positives, Yaroslav Halak, uh, career win number 290. I think that's five straight for him now. Um, the, the bad start for him and for the team in front of him when he was playing his first six or seven starts, very much in the past. Uh, he was really good when he had to be after facing hardly, I mean, what, what was it, 16 maybe shot attempts through about 35 minutes of that game. Um, yeah. That's not a lot of work. And as you've talked about many times, goalies need work, even the easy stuff. So he wasn't seeing hardly anything, and they were up big. Columbus gets a, a nice goal, four on four, early in the third, and they start to pour it on. They hit a post. He makes a big save uh, on Gus Nyquist there to keep it from being 3-2 early huge. in the third. Yep. Um, and he was dialed in, and especially late when there was six on five and six on four, got a couple of good shot blocks from Ryan Lindgren. But but now we're seeing the reasons why Chris Drury went out and, and signed this guy pretty promptly into free agency instead of just sort of waiting to see which backup would, would kind of fall to them or throw out a few offers and see who bit. Um, this was the guy they wanted, and he seems to be rewarding uh, that faith of Chris Drury and probably Benny Allaire, who I'm sure had a had a, a quick say in that. But um, what are you seeing technically from Halak? Maybe that's different from the beginning, uh, from his kind of ugly start to his Rangers career. I think it's just the patience on his feet, Arthur, and it's very noticeable on breakaways and one-on-one plays. Going into last night, he had 11 breakaways faced. He'd only been scored on once. and if you remember that scoring chance that Line had in the first period all alone and he took him to his blocker side, that was a huge save. That was a breakaway that came off of the odd man rush, but it was a partial breakaway. But Line made a great move. He had plenty of time to make it. There was time and space, and he just tracked it right across and got it blocker side. When I saw that play, I was like, oh, my God, this guy's dialed right now again because – there wasn't much shot. I think it was what was it four shots in the first period last night? I think yeah. faced I, only seven so, attempts. So you're not even you're not even seeing much yeah, anything go you're by. Not even engaged, right? Exactly. Um, on the game, there was only seven scoring chances for Columbus, only three high danger. So it wasn't a busy night at all. But uh, the save on Nyquist, huge. I guess that's what 17 years of experience can really do <laughs> to somebody. You know what I mean? Like you don't have yeah. to get that much work and still stay engaged because. It's funny. I was just talking to my wife about this. She was on her way. And she was. She's got a big tennis match today. She was excited about. She plays tennis like five times a week, and she oftentimes asks me about like the mental game. Like, what does it take? Right. The biggest issue that my wife has when she plays tennis is she's thinking about the score. You know, she's she's playing the game, and she's like, you know, I'm thinking that we're, you know, we've got that we're close in games. We've got to get these two points. I'm like, you know what? That's not what hockey players do. That's not what Halak does. Halak's not thinking about the score. When he's playing against Columbus last night, he's focused on his game and what makes him really good. Alaire would come into a meeting with Henrik and I with a dry erase board, and he would talk about what's important to us. Now, what was important to us, and I'm sure it's still the foundation of how he coaches now, is we have to locate. Okay, So the puck goes into the corner after a save. The faster you recover in your rebound and the quicker you get to your post, you now have a split second to check the front. So that's locate. When the pass is made, you track the pass across, but you always come to a complete stop before the puck is received by the intended shooter. So Alaire would have it written down, explode off the pass, complete stop, and now we're engaged in our stance and we make our next save. And it's written out just, you know, the words, an arrow pointing down, next step, an arrow pointing down. And it's really three steps. It's locate, explode off the pass, set your feet. Keep doing that over and over and over again over a game. You're never going to get behind the play. 
You're always going to be square. You're always going to have the proper depth. You'll always be engaged. I feel like when I'm watching Halak right now, he's playing under that system. And that's why he's playing as efficiently as he is. He's 10 wins from 300. And that's a big number for a goalie, especially for a guy like him who was pretty much an afterthought as a draft pick, ninth round pick. We don't even have nine. That's how old he is. We don't even have that many rounds of the draft anymore. Um, you know, a guy who was, who was, you know, second fiddle in Montreal, even when he had his big breakout in the 2010 postseason for the Canadians, you know, he, he was really only a, a main starter in his NHL career when he got to the Islanders. And that was, you know, I covered that stretch. It was a bit fraught at times. He's the, he's the franchise record holder for wins in a season with the Islanders. They had a couple of really good years with him. Um, and he's had a capable career now as a backup into his mid to late thirties. Does 300 as a goalie, is that still the number? You know, it's kind of, we, we think of numbers for certain positions, 300 wins for a pitcher. I think maybe it's down to 200 now because of the way that baseball has changed or, you know, uh, you know, 300 goals maybe or 400 goals if you're kind of a, a you know, an all-time player. Is 300 wins for a goalie, and is that still a big, big thing? And do you think that's something from, from a personal achievement standpoint that he's he's still pointing towards? Yeah, that's, that's, you know, it's a great point. And I thought before the season began, that's why he was playing. Because, you know, you get to that age, Arthur, he's 37, right? I mean, I'm, I've said this before, like I was done at 35, like done with the training, done with practice, done with getting pelted with shots every day. There's got to be something that really motivates him to keep playing right now, 17 years into this, into his career. I have to look at this because yesterday... I got in touch with uh, NHL stats and info about Trocheck because he played his 600th game. And I was really interested to see how many players in NHL history have played 600, what percentage of players make 600, what percentage of players make a thousand games, because those mm-hmm. it's always the games for the players, right? It's, it's right. the players measure uh, each other's careers by how many games they played in the league. And the 300 win mark for the goalie, it's certainly a gold achievement I'm going to find out. I'm going to get the numbers. And I think you just gave me a great idea for one of our pregame shows because we should lay out for the fans how many how many games and how frequently has that happened in NHL history because of the ability that the NHL has to look up how many guys have suited up to play goal. Right. And what percentage of those guys have won 300 games. I got to imagine that's that's got to be a number of something like 3%, right? Yeah. Like for Trocheck, do you want to hear Trocheck? Pretty cool. Let's hear Six, it. 600 games, 600 games. 17% of all NHL players that have ever played a game in the NHL, that's 8,344 players that have ever played or skated in the NHL, 17% play 600 games. Pretty neat. Yeah. 4.5% play 1,000 games in the wow. NHL. So, yeah, it's a it's a high achievement. There's only uh, been 373 players in the history of the NHL to play 1,000 games. That's an, that is an achievement, and I kind of I kind of have a feeling, you know, Halak has been a guy who's you know he's one of the very few under six foot goalies left in the league. He was one of the very few, I think, even when he started when it was a different league. But um, but I think he's a guy who's always tried to prove people wrong, and I'm sure that 300 is a big number. He tied Eddie Jockman, famous long ago Ranger, oh, wow. last night for 44th wow. all time with that 290. So we'll see if he can keep climbing. Oh, neat. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Switching gears to one of our favorite uh, unhappy topics of late is the play of Alexi Lafreniere. And he's been getting big minutes, um, you know, in place of Chris Kreider for these last three. And Kreider's back on the ice skating, so it's a good sign. If it's an upper body injury, I don't know that it's this is mean, necessarily means he's really close because it's probably more about conditioning than anything else, keeping his legs moving if he's able to skate. So we'll see uh, if he's able to come back. Uh, by Thursday when the Rangers host the the, Bru- the league-leading Bruins. Um, but for Lafreniere, with this opportunity, uh, we haven't seen a lot in terms of production. Um, he's got some chances on the top unit. Uh, took a very dumb penalty last night off a draw when they were starting one of their power plays, to just a blatant hook. Um, he's done some okay things. Uh, Gerard Gallant is not going to run him down, you know, as as – People who cover the Rangers, I guess that's our job, and we're not just going to do it out of nowhere. But uh, have you seen anything these these three games where he's had the top line, top power play unit opportunity to tell you there's a chance this kid's going to turn it around sometime soon? No signs yet. I think he's really frustrated. Yeah. Uh, you saw the scoring chance that he had net front against Montreal. Yeah, where- when it was that bang bang play. Yeah, yeah. You know, I felt for him there. I, I've seen players there before. You know, I've seen guys there before. I've been there before. You know what it is, Arthur? It's um, it's that point in your career. And I'll give you my story because it's it's a pretty good one. I was in the minors. I got sent down my second year to the East Coast League. And I should have been in the American Hockey League, at least in my mind, because I played well in the East Coast League my first year pro. And there was just no room because we had a split farm in Lowell. We had half the team was the New York Islanders and half the team was the Los Angeles Kings. And the Islanders at that time, they had one goalie slot available, and it was for Roberto Luongo. Okay, now I fair, find myself. Fair. <laughs> right? 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 <laughs> so uh, Mike Milbury calls me, and he explains to me that um, this is unfair, but what we're going to do with me is they're going to send me to Providence. Now, now I'm off to Providence. And I was there because John Graham was out with a broken ankle because he was uh, in a bar fight. And... <laughs> He, he was on his way back, but I had some time to get a couple of games in. And Peter Laviolette was our coach there. He was, he was very tough, very honest, but very tough. And I find myself a few weeks later in Trenton. And my coach there is Bruce Cassidy. Funny mm-hmm. that I'm just going from like one NHL coach to the <laughs> other two. So now I'm struggling and I'm playing terrible, okay? And my parents come to visit. And my dad and I are having dinner. And he says to me, and he looks at me, and I my face is broken out with acne. I've lost so much weight. I look like crap. 
And my dad says to me, if I knew hockey was going to do this to you, I never would have let you play. It's probably the harshest thing I'd ever heard my parents ever say to me, right? And um, that next day, it got worse for me. I get to the rink, and this was after I blew a game. Bruce Cassidy sits me down, and he says, look, you think you're too good to be here? You're not going to play for the next two weeks, and you're going to watch the other guy play until you figure it out. When I was driving back to my apartment, I could have just driven right off the road. That's how frustrated I was. And when I get back to my apartment, wouldn't you believe it? There's a note on the front of my door going into the house, and it was from my roommate. And it says, call Butchie. Now, Butchie being Bruce Cassidy, and I call Butch. And he, he says to me, he goes, um, good things usually happen to good people and good circumstances, but this isn't something that you really deserve, but you're getting. Like, he just keeps giving it to me. I'm like, just get to the point kind of thing, you know? And he says, you're going up to Lowell because Luongo's getting called up. Wade Flaherty blew out his shoulder, okay? Now I've got a fresh lease on life. Like, it is an absolute lease on life. And I get in my car as, hard, as quickly as I can, and I burn rubber out of Trenton, and I get myself to Lowell. But when I get to Lowell, here's what I did. I looked in the mirror and I think every player, the point of the story is every player goes through this at some point in their career. And do you know what the conversation is in the mirror? Is it time to quit or is it time to commit more right now? Okay. And I got myself into a good mindset. I was first at practice. I was the last guy off. I committed more and I turned it around. And a month later, I played my first game in the NHL and I got first star in that game. Now, I, I'm telling you, Arthur, I was on the cusp of quitting. You know, I was that frustrated. I was playing that bad. And I think every one of us has stories like that during their careers. I know that happened to me, like where I was pushed to the brink three times, where I had that mirror conversation. I think Laffy's there right now. I just think he's going through it. And I don't think that he thinks he can buy a goal right now. And you know, the stats back it up. I'm looking at this this morning. And since the benching on December 29th, he's 15th on the team in scoring chances with eight. Yeah. Okay. You know, like he's, he's sandwiched between VZ with nine and Ben Harper with six. So we've talked about this in the past. It's really hard to be a great player when you don't get chances to score. That's when it gets frustrating. Like you're not even getting looks. And then when you get a look, it's hesitance. And um, so he's he's going through it right now. But, you know, I'm sure like all, all great players in the NHL, they find a way to get out of it. And um, this might be the best thing for the long point of his career because he's going to be there again. He's going to know how to get out of it. We've talked about this and I've been talking to lots of other people about this, working on a story about development and, you know, hearing you talk about it, hearing guys that have gone through their own paths to the NHL and trying to stay there. Um, you know, it's not a one size fits all word and we can't really paint the, well, the Rangers can't develop forwards brush here because this is one guy. It is the first overall pick from a couple of years ago, but um, you know, much like last year, which he had an, he had an impact last year, 19 goals in the regular season, had a very impactful playoffs for a team that went to the conference finals and was two wins from a Stanley cup final. And now he's going through it. And it seems like as the Rangers as a team have gotten better, this 14-3-2 ride that they've been on since the first week of December, he's shrunk back. And it's interesting to me to see, you know, what the psych the this his psyche must be like, as you were pointing out, when you when you start to feel like I can't do anything right, 
it must feel 10 times worse when everybody else is raising their game a level, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think all you want at the end of the day as a hockey player is to contribute and you want to have value on the team. I mean, I know that it's a team game and and when you win, you're supposed to be happy and everything, but when you're playing poorly and you're not helping the team and you don't feel a part of it, it doesn't really feel, I've been there. It doesn't feel great, you know? So I don't know. I I honestly don't know what the answer is because, you know, I don't know. Are you at the point where you ask him to take two weeks in Hartford? You know, you just have that conversation. Do you want to just get down there, feel the puck, handle it and do that? It gets hard to have this conversation with young players after they've started up. That's that's the issue with the NHL, and we've talked about this a lot with the salary cap. You've got to have entry-level deals in the NHL, and I think a lot of players are rushed in because of that, Arthur. Yeah, and it's not going to change because the cap – I mean, the cap will go up eventually, but, you know, it, it, this is a contract year. Alexi Lafreniere's entry-level deals over after this year, and even if, you know, even if he was dreaming of the Tim Stutzla eight times eight three five second contract uh, in the offseason – Clearly, he's not getting that, and the Rangers need as much money as they can they can find because they have Philip Hedl is up after this year, and he's got arbitration rights, so he's going to probably double his salary or come close to it. Keandre Miller, who I'm sure they want to lock up long term, and that's going to be a big number. Vitaly Kravtsov, if you want to keep him, he scored a goal last night. He looked good alongside Philip Hedl. Um, he's his number is going to go up. You're going to need a backup goalie for next year. There's it's it feels impossible sometimes. Um, yeah. So with Lafreniere, his number is still going to go up a, a decent amount. If he finishes this year with 35 points and he gets five or six points in a, in a two or three round playoff stay, that's still two and a half million. He's still going up to a point where it's, it eats into the cap and you'd still have to, it's still a decision that they have to make, even if it's just for one year. So, um, it's it's definitely interesting to me that this is all kind of playing out in the background for him and I'm sure was weighing on his mind as he went into the season that I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get the opportunities. I'm not going to be the top six left wing that I assumed I would be when I was picked first overall, like I've always been in my whole career. Or I'm not going to get the first power play opportunities that helped him get really good numbers in the Quebec League. Um, but it just seems like it's really dug in for him in this stretch that you know, we, we always hear coaches say it, you say it, I say it because I've watched a million games. If you're not scoring, you got to find some other way to help the team. And he is not only not finding ways to help the team when he's not scoring, he might be hurting them a little bit when he's out there more and more. Yeah. I, I look, I feel for the kid. As a former player, I feel for him because it's, it's so mentally exhausting, Arthur, and it's so taxing mentally because you can't stop thinking about it. I mean, it's the biggest part of your day. And as soon as you leave the rank, it's it's with you. I mean, guys talk all the time about the balance, about trying to leave the game at the at the rank, but it's not like, like the young guys have families to go back to either, right? right? There's nothing to do with the rest of your day except for be consumed with the game. So I, I'd imagine that he's learning a lot about himself right now. And that's that's... That's what you want. Like as far as the conversation, when you talk about growth and, and that's the only time anybody gets bit better, in my opinion, is when you are struggling, you, you've failed, you're working on the edge of your ability. You're always pushing yourself. Well, right now we're not talking about the physical or the technical, we're talking about the mental. Yeah. And sometimes it's very important for players right now to talk to somebody, hire a sports psychologist, work through what issues you have, because the mental... 
tell you what, man, the mind, the mind will play tricks on you and <laughs> the body will resolve what the mind cannot. And that's where he gets tied up in front of the net there and just can't finish a play. And that's, we've seen that a lot this year with him where he hasn't finished around the net where it's been an open net, you know, and uh, that's, that's mental, Arthur. That's, that's a mental error. Yeah. Well, we'll wrap up with something a little more positive because as we said, 14-3-2, and two, um, even with uh, a eh, loss to the Canadians that was kind of hearkening back. I think they've lost now to almost every team that's at the bottom of the East and West. So this one kind of completed, <laughs> completed the set to go with lost to Columbus early in the year, lost to Chicago, lost to Anaheim, um, San Jose, they lost to an overtime at home. So I think that about covers it. Maybe they can be done with that portion of the schedule. Um the all-star uh, vote, the public vote, I think wraps up in a couple of days, which means there's a chance for another Ranger to go. There's three more guys that yet to be named to go with the group from the Metro, which includes already includes Igor Shesterkin. There'll be another goalie, so obviously it won't be another Ranger. But there's two more spots. Mika Zibanejad's a good candidate. Um, I think I saw something online the other day that uh, the Twitter portion of the vote closed and Keandre Miller was getting a lot of Twitter votes, so good for him. Um, I think He's certainly shown that he'd be entertaining in a three-on-three skills competition. Um, At this point, and I think we talked about it plenty when when Igor was named, that do you really want to go, especially as a goalie? Um, But do you want anybody else to go? I mean, Chris Chris Kreider is already out injured. I'm sure Mika Zibanejad would like to sit on a beach somewhere for a week rather than (laughs) be in the sunshine in Florida and have to play some hockey, even if it's very fake and uh, entertaining hockey. One second. Mika has he has not had an All Star game, correct? I don't think so, which is surprising to me. So I'd imagine that he'd want to go. I'd imagine yeah. that Mika would want to go. You know, what's better, honestly, what's better than sitting in the locker room and seeing the faces of all the best players in the league, and you're one of them? I mean, that's that's a thrill. That's a that's a thrill of a lifetime. I mean, I've been to a lot of guys' houses. A lot of guys hang their All Star jerseys up in in a frame for a reason. It was a proud moment. It was a big moment of their career. What, you're named amongst the top, whatever it is, 40 or so players in the NHL? I mean, that's a really neat experience. I'd, I'd imagine Mika, and he had his 20th goal last night. Yeah. I think it, I think it would be a great thing for him. It would be a great thing for his career. Now, okay. is, how about this, right? Like, we, we talk. This is where Mika can be really helpful, too, with Laffy and, and the other young guys. I mean, Mika got traded here after he had a 21-goal season. He was a sixth overall pick. He's a righty centerman. You know what I said to myself when he got traded here for Bassard in that trade? And he came with a second round pick, might I add. I said to myself, what's the catch? Like, what's the catch? Like, what are we missing? And there were stories at that time coming out of Ottawa that they didn't think this guy was committed enough. Right. Uh, in the gym, in the summer. And is it amazing or what? I mean, maybe it took Mika a couple extra years to mature, but he is a star centerman in the NHL. Look at our database. In the underlying numbers, he's in the top 10 of anything that's important. Uh, He's a defensive centerman now. He's a three-zone player. He's accomplished a lot in his career. I think that would be a great accomplishment for him, and he deserves it. All right. Well, this is the second time now I tried to bait you into saying something negative about the All-Star game, and you were like, (laughs) no, it's great. So now that's it. I'm convinced. I don't have to go, so why should I keep anybody else from going? So vote for Mika, everybody out there. Get him the All-Star game. He'll love it. So that's the last word on it. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. 
There you go. Let's keep it positive on this Tuesday. Exactly. And uh, thanks, everybody out there, for listening to the Garden Faithful. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a review if you're enjoying the show. That really helps us out. And right now, get a one-year subscription to The Athletic for $2 a month when you visit theathletic.com slash TGF. Steve Balakett, Chris Flannery producing. I'm Arthur Staple. Catch you again next week. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.